Yeah, good uh, good morning. Happy Lag Omer. I'm not sure what's the classical or traditional uh, greeting for Lag Omer, but that yeah. Um, today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Matisyal Ben Mordechai, Matisyal Mordechai Ben Yosef, and Yirmiyahu Ben Yehuda. The today's and for Rafu Shleim of Rafu Mel Ben Today's daf is daf Samach Zayin. And we're going to go from the last three words of Samach Vava Mudbeis, 66b. Now remember yesterday we started mentioning it through, I mean from Abaya, it was incantations or seemingly more magical cures. And then we went on to some uh, general cures that uh, Abaya's, that were taught in the Gomorrah, in the Gomorrah's time that were used. And now we're going to carry on with this discussion, listing a few more Cures brought in the of a few more cures that the Amorai knew of. So Omar Ravhuna Ravhuna says at the top of some of Zainamud Aleph, La Ashta Tilsa for a fever that recurs every three days, life to see Shiva Silui Mishiva Dikli bring seven thorns from seven palm trees, the Shiva Tsivi Mishiva Kashuri, and seven uh, splinters or slivers from seven beams, Vashiva Sikhi Mishiva Gashuri, seven pegs from seven different bridges, Vashiva Ketimi Mishiva Tanure, seven bits of ash from seven ovens, Vashiva Ofri Mishiva Sanori, seven um, types of dust from uh, seven door, different door hinges. Remember, their hinges were mostly. Uh, uh, like on, on the end of the door, there was a protrusion on either end, uh, one going up, one going down, and they'd fit that into a hole. So get some dust from those holes. Meshiva koifri, meshiva arbi, seven types of tar from uh, seven different parts, pieces of tar from seven boats. Meshiva boini kamoini, seven uh, cumin seeds. Meshiva baini mideika de kalba saba, seven hairs from the beard of an old dog. And tie it round, tie it by the opening of his shirt collar, of his, by where his neck comes out, with a hair, with a thread of hair. Okay, so that's the one cure for someone who's suffering fevers every three days. Another cure, Omar Mirsa, for a burning fever. I think this might be the connection in the daft to to, uh, to today. We're going to discuss a little bit of burning. Um, he must take a f- iron that an, a knife that is completely made of iron. Go to where there's a bush. and tie it to the bush with a with a hair. by put on the first days. Scrape a little bit into the bush, Vilema, and say the following posuk. Now, all the following psukim is from the burning bush. So, I don't know if it's uh, a part of this, uh, I don't know what the incantation of the spell is to say these psukim about the burning bush. Remember, Moshe saw this bush that was on fire, but it wasn't being burned. So, I think that's the, I mean, here we can kind of see a connection between these psukim and what he's going through. He's suffering a dangerously high temperature and he's using the burning and therefore the psukim of the burning bush so that it shouldn't just as the fire didn't affect the bush he doesn't want it to affect him he says the lamer let him say the angel uh, um, angel of hashem appeared to him 
Um, just the continuation of the of the pasuk in the fire that was on the bush for and he said and he saw Burn, the bush was burning on fire and it wasn't being consumed. So that's what he says on the first day. Lemachar on the second day, Lichrut Bei Purta, carve into it a little bit more, Velemar, and say the following Pusuk. Vyoyme Moshe, it's the carrying on with that paragraph. Vyoyme Moshe, Esra Nova Era, let me turn and see what is going on. And then on, and uh, he went and he saw this bush. And Lemachar on the third day, Lichrut Bei Purta, Velemar, let him carve a little bit more into it and say the following, Vayar Hashem Kisar, Lirois Hashem saw that Moshe had turned to see the bush. And Hashem called to him from the bush, etc. So that's the psukin that he says for this hill. So Amar Rav Acha Braderava, Ravashi, Rav Acha Braderava said to Ravashi, the lema, the following potuk from that paragraph is actually very beneficial. As it says, Vayomer Hashem Takrev Halom. Al Takrev Halom, Hashem says, don't come close to the bush. Remember, he said it's very holy, so don't come close. Now we can see why he wants to bring that in. He wants to bring in the fever, the symbolism I'm assuming is that the fever shouldn't come into him. El, uh, so rather, how does Rav Achabrei Dorova say it should, the, these psukim should be said? So again, remember, on each of the three dates, he's carving a little bit in the tree and saying some psukim. So El, Eliyuma come on the first day, Lema, let him say, Vayar Malach Hashem, Allah, Vagoyme, Vayoyme, Moshe, let him say the first two psukim. Lemachar, on the following day, Lema, Vayar Hashem, Kisar, Lirois, let him say the next posuk. Well, Lemachar, and on the third day, Vayoyme, Hashem, Altikrev, Vayoyme, Altikrev, Alom, don't come near. Yeah, the key posak lay when he's carving into the bush, when he's uh, yeah, uh, scratching into the bush with that knife. Lisa saw the mahachi. He must bend low and carve and cut into it and say the following: Hasne, hasne, love, mishum the govis mikolilone ashrei hakadosh baruch shchinose olecho. Bush burning, bush, bush. It's not because you were the tallest of tree of all trees that Hashem chose to rest His shechina on you. El mishum de mayachas mikol ilone. It's because you were the lowest of all trees. Ashrei kuchabrichu shchint. I'm sorry. Ashrei kuchabrichu shchint alav. That's why Hashem rested His shechina on you. Vehi heichi de chamisa ashtal chananya mishal vaazaria vaarikas min katomoyu. Just as the fire saw Hanania, Mishael, and Azariah and fled from before them. Those are the three far uh, prophets we know Nebuchadnezzar threw into the burning furnace and they weren't harmed. Um, so too may this fire, may this burning temperature see so-and-so the son of his mother's name and flee from before him. Um, so just a few, so that's the general cure for a burning fever that Rabbi Yochanan brings. Just a few interesting points that I was thinking about on it. So the, the first one is there's a famous quest, there's a famous, there's a Gomorrah, one of the famous questions on the Sugi is there's a Gomorrah that says you're not allowed to say Psukim to heal yourself. It's, I guess it's sacrilegious to say Psukim to heal yourself. So one of the answers given, I think the most straightforward answer from the Rosh, is that here we're speaking about a dangerously ill person. He's got a burning fever. It's a sakana, and we know you're allowed to go against any negative commandment for uh, refuah, um, to save a person's life. I think that's the easiest answer. And then I was also thinking, um, I thought like, obviously this cure sounds bizarre, but I think these psukim and this message have a lot to do to get this person better. As Jews, we believe things that happen to us are not random events. 
It's not like he just happens to be sick. We try, we try to view things as our lives as lessons and uh, opportunities to improve ourselves and turn closer to Hashem. And that's why when he's sick, he's saying these psukim, the burning bush. What happened at the burning bush? Moshe, Moshe took, was aware of what was going on around him and, and responded to it and he connected to Hashem through it. That's one lesson of the burning bush. And um, the next step is he speaks about the humility that's required to connect to Hashem. Maybe that's a maybe that's a guide for someone who's suffering a fever. Maybe he must think about his humility so he can come close to Hashem. And hopefully from this, let's call it teshuva, repentance, and getting back on track, and this personal introspection, it will get him. Hopefully, it will um, enable a refuah. So I was thinking maybe that's a little bit of an idea that we can get from, even though it's a cure and it seems like quite a bizarre cure, but one we can get from here. The Gomorrah carries on and mentions another cure. Um, I'm on the fourth wide line towards the end. So it says, If someone's suffering from boils, he should say the following, these uh, strange names of angels, certain angels. Um, Rashi points out that some of them have connection to it. Pazbazio would mean tearing down the illness. Masmasio would mean healing the illness. Kaskasia would mean um, grinding the illness down. That's how Rashi explains those. And then the rest I didn't see. And then carrying on the incantation that he says is Ilan Elan Malache de Ishtaluchum Aridastom. These are the angels that he sent from stone. Velasish Shekhina Kaevim to heal painful burns. Now again, it's an incantation. So as Rashi points out, it's got nothing, storm's got nothing to do with it, but it's an incantation. Some of it we can kind of see the connection, some of it doesn't make any sense at all. Then carrying on, it says, Okay, random words you throw into this incantation. And then the next few words make a little bit of sense. This is now speaking to the boil. May your appearance remain the same. I boils don't get worse. Israch boch zaroch. Kolot ukaparde de loy para veloy ravia. Kach loy tifra veloy tarbe. Just add, may your. May, oh sorry, asroch boch. May your place remain the same. I don't grow any worse. And then may your descendants be like a barren person and like a mule that can't be fruitful and multiply. And so too. With you, uh, with you, boils, may you not be pr- fruitful and m- not grow, but gufe the ploini bar ploinis. Okay, that's the incantation you say for um, boils. The kippa. Rashi gives two uh, possibilities of what kippa is. I'm trying to remember what the. Um, yeah, you know, one is that it's like blisters, someone suffering from blisters, or someone who's been possessed by a demon. Lay say the following. Cheret shlufa, the kela natusha, a drawn sword and a readied sling. Loi samya yechev choilin makavin. May your name not be um, aches, illness and pains. The shader for an, another disease, or another issue that someone would need to heal himself. The shader, he's being attacked by demons. Lei mahachi, let him say the following. Havias depokik, depokik, havias, sorry, havias depokik. You were stopped up. The pocket have you stopped up? You were lighter tabur umeshumas. You should be cursed, broken, and excommunicated. Bartit bartome bartina kasham gaz marigaz v'as matai 
it seems that those are different names of demons, and that's he should say you should be banished like them. The shader, the base kise, for the demon of the bathroom, Lehmahachi, let him say the following A karkafi daari on the head of a lion, Vasuse de Girusan on the nose of a lioness, Ishkachton, Le Shade Bashrika Pony shall be found this demon Bashrika Panda, Bemishra de Karti Chavte with the bed of leeks, I felled him, and Belua de Chamra Chavirta, and I struck him down with the jaw of a donkey. Okay, that's the cures for um, that's the cures that the that the, they bring in response to this uh, um, these teachings uh, that that the that the Gemara is bringing for certain illness, ailments, and possibilities. So there are two interesting things. Um, so there's one interesting point, and I'll bring out another interesting point a bit later. But I mentioned yesterday what there's an old tradition. It's fine. It's brought in. Um, um, it's brought from. I saw. Yeah, yesterday I said it was Rabbi Shlomo Eger, Rabbi Kiva Eger's son. But actually, I see here it's actually the name of Rabbi Kiva Eger in Shulchan Aruch Simon Shidlamet Vov. That's discussing the halachas that a roife is allowed to heal. He's given rishus to heal. It seems there are various dimensions of it, but. Um, one is uh, a doctor might, uh, the first aspect is maybe you should say, Hashem wants that person to be sick, how can I as a doctor go and intervene? So we have to find permission for a doctor to heal. And another aspect is actually, um, we placing an obligation on a doctor to heal, because he might say, I don't want to get involved. If I mess up, I'm going to be liable for killing someone. I don't want to risk prescribing the wrong med- medication or doing the wrong or messing up in surgery. Um, but actually, it's a mitzvah that he must go and do it if he's an expert doctor. So that's a, a, this is the halacha. And the shulchan aruch there is discussing who's responsible in certain cases, etc. So that's the simon. So the um, Rabbi Kiva Eger brings from the Maharil. The Maharil was one of the Gedolei Ashkenaz early Rishon. And he says, "Is Bernal Isha Vezela Shana Omar Lanu Maril Kol Harefuos Shebechol Atamur Osur Lenasos Hashem." You're not allowed to try out all these refuos that are mentioned in the Talmud. Mishum to Ein Adam Yochol Lamur Al Ikoran because you're not able to get them exactly right. V'chilo Yalu Beyodam when they don't work, Yilagu V'Yilag Lagu Al Tivrei Chachomim. You'll come to mock and scoff against the words of the Chachomim. So very interestingly, he seems to be taken for granted. They all definitely work. You just don't understand them. It's like if I told you the ingredients for panado, you're not going to be able to make a panado that heals a headache. You're going to have to. So he's kind of saying the same thing. It's not. Uh, you're not going to get the method right, and therefore you'll come to what? Mock the words of the Chazal. It seems it's an old tradition that they have. Very interestingly, he carries on. Rabbi Kiva Eger carries on, and he says, except for one. He says, Milvad Hoda Isabel Shabbos. This is our Gemara. We actually learned it towards the end of yesterday's dust. Mishi Eishlo Etzem Begroino, someone who has a bone in his throat. Maybe Ma'oisa Min, he brings from that type of fish. from that type of bone. Al he places it on his uh, 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 head. And he says, He says the following. Um, this has this uh, incantation has been tried and tested. Um, 
You can only try this one and no more than this. Okay, so it's very interesting. He says there is one, that head one. Next time someone's choking on a fishbone, you can try it. At least according to Rabbi Kiva Ega, apparently it works. Um, you'll just have to remember to pull out this, uh, remember this line. So you can always pull out your Shulchan Aruch, Simen Shin Lamed Vav, or your Shabbos, Dastamach Vav Amud Beis at the bottom. Yes, Basil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I was thinking. Uh, uh, okay, very nice. So that's a nice idea. Yeah, so that's tying into these days coming up to uh, to Shvua, to Shvua, so they say in the name of the Kotzka Rebbe that uh yeah that Harsinai was actually not the tallest mountain, it was a low mountain. Um to teach us the humility required for learning Torah. And also they say Lagba Omer is partially a celebration of uh Torah Shabalpeh. The Pram the it's Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shimon Ben Yochai, they were the ones who took Torah Shabalpeh to the ultimate levels of Torah Shabalpeh. Um they they're almost what Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who brought down the Torah to a degree, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shum Ben Yochai, his student, were the ones who brought Torah Jebal into the world. To a, I mean, obviously, they're long, long shirim and interesting discussions, these, but that's a, so yeah. So, um, Torah, you also have to be humble to learn Torah, as we learn uh, with Har Sinai. Um, yeah, it wasn't the highest mountain. And he said, yeah, that's a nice idea from the Kotzer He says also, but you mustn't let yourself get trampled on, and that's why it wasn't given in a valley. Okay, very nice. Um, yeah, back to the Mishnah, we said, Sons of kings, princes can go out with these bells. And not only princes, actually anyone can go out with a bell. But it just speaks about sons of kings because they were the ones who were most likely, um, most likely to go out with bells. Now Rashi says, um, yeah, the Gemara is going to ask, it says, Tana, who's the Tana who taught this point that anyone can go out with bells on their clothes? And part of the, the question is based on the fact that bells really, very few people, only like real nobility, only like the royal family would wear bells. And it's actually quite pretentious to wear a bell. And therefore, if someone's walking around wearing a bell, he might get mocked for wearing it. You know, like everyone, when they see someone just overdoing it, people start to mock them. If you're too, too ostentatious, too pretentious, then you mock him and he'll t- come to take it off and carry it. Right? She also brings in the, it, the consideration that maybe he'll show it to other people. But remember, that's only a discussion whether, if that, it's a whole discussion whether, uh, in the Rishonim whether that applies to men. But let's just go with this. How can you permit anyone to go out with bells in their garments on Shabbos when they might get mocked and they'll come to take it off. So who's the Tan who says that? So Omar Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Oishia says, Rabbi Shimon he, it's Rabbi Shimon, the famous Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, that we're talking about, the Omar called Yisrael, B'nai Malachim him. He says, all Jews are B'nai Malachim. Rava Omar, Ba'orig B'ksuso Divrei Hakol. And Rava says, no, we're not speaking, it's not necessarily only according to Rabbi Shimon, it could be anyone, and we're discussing where the bells are sewn with, I'm not sure if it was bells that are sewn into his garments, 
yeah, I think it's bells that were sewn into his garments and therefore there's no possibility of him taking them off no matter how embarrassed he comes. So that's, uh, that's the case. Okay, now we're going on to the last mission of the Perak. Um, very interesting discussion we'll see in the Gemara based on this Mishnah. So, Yoitzin Bebeitas Chargol, a person's allowed to go out with uh, the eggs of a locust, or the Shein Shaul, with the tooth of a fox, or the Mismar Min Hatzolov, or the nail from a crucifix or a gallows. Mishum Rufua, as long as it's for, because these are for Rufua, Tivre Rebbe Meir, that's Rebbe Meir's opinion, Chachomim Oisrim Af the Chachomim say you're not even allowed to do this on weekdays. That's not a problem, don't even have to get onto the discussion of is it a problem because you're carrying or not. It says, but even on weekdays you're not allowed to do it, Mishum Tarche Emoiri, because it's the practices of the Emoiri. Big discussion, the exact source of this halacha, but we know throughout uh, in the Torah there are a few similar psukim, but it's along the lines of um, that's the one Rashi brings, you're not allowed to go in the ways of the non-Jews, and therefore any practice, any like superstitious practice that would be following them would be osur, and that's why the Chachamim say you're not allowed to do this, it's a negative commandment in the Torah to do any of this. Now the Gemara is just going to define what they are, why would people go out with this uh, locust eggs. So to Abdi Lashikla it was they would hang it on their ears for earache. And they would go out with the tooth of a fox, that's for sleep problems. It's the Chaya You would take a lav a, a tooth that was taken from a lav fox for someone who was too drowsy, suffering from fatigue. And Demisa you'd take a tooth from a dead fox, Lamandalonaim, for someone who suffered insomnia. The Avdi Lazirfa, somehow it helps for infection. And now we go on to Mishum Rafua. Because of Rafua, Divrei Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says you're allowed to do all of these things that are practices of Darchei Amoiri because they are, um, because they for Rafua. Um, Omar Abayva over Domitavayu, Abaya and Rava, sorry, Abaya over Rava Domitavayu, both Abaya and Rava said, Kol Dovor Sheyesh Boy Mishum Rafua, anything that is Rafua, Aimbo Mishum Darchea Moiri, is not a problem because of Darchea Moiri. Now, this leaves a big discussion in the, in the Poskim, what's considered something that's for Rafua? And what's considered, I mean, this is already discussed in Roshonim, and what's considered Darche Amoiri? They do all things for bad luck or to prevent ailments and things like that, which we know, let's call it superstitious nonsense, or Avodah, we're going to see sometimes they even lean on to Avodah Zora practices, and are definitely Osur. So what do you, how do you define because of Rufua? So that's a big discussion in the, in the Roshonim and the Poiskim. Um, it seems one of the ways, uh, it seems Rashid Chulin defines it as if it's something that people do for Rafua, specifically for Rafua, or it's done to the body as opposed to something else to affect the body, you know, different ways of defining exactly how is it known that it's for, for Rafua. Okay, um, but then this leads to, I'll leave it for the end of the daf. Um I leave it for the yeah. I leave the interesting idea for the end of the daf. Yeah, and that is so. He carries so so basically. Abai and Rava came along and told us that if it's for a fuah, it's not a problem of darchei moiri. So if non-Jews do something that is bizarre, but it's done as a fuah, 
and it heals. Some say Rashi seems to say it has to kind of be almost known to be effective. Then you can do it. Says, Yes. Yeah, so so interestingly enough, you have to also go into even the Rambam's one of the stricter opinions and or others, they hold it has to basically be scientifically proven. But they didn't have the same idea of science. Like, so what's considered scientifically proven? Many want to say from the sugya of amulets, we saw if something works three times, it's considered scientific. But I don't, But nowadays... Nowadays, I wouldn't be too quick to jump on these things that are not FDA approved or at least follow your doctor who has a respectable medical license. Um, I don't want to get into the discussion of homeopathy. I'm, uh, I would lean to say that avoid it at all costs. Um, you can ask uh, Professor Shub more about that. Um, but yeah, there's different ways of... Uh, of uh, Grading, let's call it natural medication versus superstitious medicine. By natural, I mean scientific and works with the natural world. Then superstitious behavior or bizarre things that are said to work, like hanging a locust egg from your ear to cure earache. How does that? How does that work? You know. But then some say they put a garlic, and that's because it draws that. You know, like so. Where do you draw that? Uh, another whole discussion beyond the scope of this year. Um, this implies that if, there's, if it does not have an aspect of refua, then, no, then there's no problem. Then there is a problem of darke mori. For hotanya, but we learned in a price ilan parasel, a tree that sheds its fruit, sorko besikra, you If there's a tree that's dropping its fruit too early in the season, you paint it red, and you hang heavy stones on it. So it says, says, it makes sense to hang heavy stones on it, because that's making it tire, and that's taking some of its strength, and it wears out the tree that it can't make these fruits ripen too quickly and drop off. Something like that. I don't understand exactly how it works, but it seems in their mind it was it was rational to hang stones on a tree to stop it dropping its fruit early. How do you heal the tree by painting it red? Must be that it's it's furafu and it's mutar. And we see that even though it's darche mori because it's furafu but it makes no sense and it's mutar. says no the reason you paint the tree red is so that people see you're having trouble with your orchard and they daven on your behalf. That's why you paint it red. Says Kedatanya, as we learned in a brisa, someone who has tzoras must shout out, "I'm Tomei, I'm Tomei." Says Tzorik Lodiot Tzara LeRabim VeRabim Vivakshol of Rachamim. The reason is for he has to cry out, "I'm Tomei," so that people hear him and they daven for him. That's the that's why he's doing it. So we see that you can set up signals, set up signs when someone's going through a difficult time to inform others. To let people either know, do something that people know you're in distress and that they can daven for you. Omar Avina Kamata. Now we're going to go through a whole list of. Um, yeah, sorry. Omar Avina Ravina says this is basically similarly Kamanta Lida and Kogse Badikla. According to which opinion are you allowed to hang unripe um, dates on a palm? 
You hang these unripe dates on the palm. People see you having trouble with your palm tree, so they dive in for you. Then, now, Tani Tana Beperek Amurai. A Beperek Amurai. There was a Tana learning the Perek of these Amoiri practices. Rashi, it's the Tosefta at the end of, it's the Tosefta on Masech Shabbos, but it's Bryce's all to do with Darche Amoiri. Kamed Rebbe Chia Bar Avin, before Rebbe Chia Bar Avin. Omalei Kula Ispelei Mishum Darche Amoiri, Le Bar Hanu. All the things mentioned in that Perek are an issue of, are a problematic also because of Darche Amoiri, except for the following. Oh, sorry, this is where it brings the fishbone. It wasn't yesterday's stuff. It was, uh, I prepared it yesterday, but it was today's stuff. If someone's choking on a fishbone, bring a, a similar bone, put it on his forehead, and say this incantation along the lines of one by one, go down and be swallowed, be swallowed and go down one by one. That one doesn't have dark amori. La adra. It seems that that's any bone. La adra for a fish bone. Lay mahachi. Ninatsta kamechet. You stuck like a needle. Ninelsaka tris. You block like a. Or closed like a shutter. Shay, shay. Go down, go down. Okay, so that's the one that's not because of dark amori. I mean, interestingly enough, there's a whole discussion. Al Suki is going to now list a whole lot of practices that are problematic because of Darkhaya Moiri. And um, a whole lot of practices that are a problem of Darkhaya Moiri. But there might be a different Girsa and say that the following are not because of Darkhaya Moiri. Um, so Rabbi Yehuda Aimer Buda says, God ain't no ele, sorry, um, oh sorry, the first one, how if someone says my fortune, my muzzle should be good, should be fortunate, and I should not be tired by day or by night, that incantation saying those words is Darchemori. Rabbi Huda Aimer, Rabbi Huda says, God ain't no ele, not only is it it's actually a problem of as it says they prepared their table for God and the Apostle makes it clear that it's referring to a type of Avodah so actually there's an issue to say to mention Avodah and that's what this would fall under if for whatever reason the husband and wife switch their names it seems for the night some sort of uh, Emori practice for kids. Yesh bomishum darche emori. It is a problem of darche emori. Further teaching. Zaino doni yesh bomishum darche emori. If someone says, "Let my barrels be strong," I this incantation over his wine. Yesh bomishum darche emori. It's a problem of darche emori. Rabbi Yehuda Omer. Rabbi Yehuda says, "Ain't don eloloshan avodazora." He says, "No, don is actually referring to avodazora, so it's much worse than regular darche emori." Shemar it says, "Hanishboim ba'ashmo shomrom." They took. Um, they were taking oaths by the by the sins of Shomron for Omri and they said by the laugh of your God done. So they were taking shvurs by the name of this God done. So it's actually worth. If someone says to a raven, shout, or to a female raven, um, whistle and turn your tail to me for the good. That's a problem of Seems again a practice they did whatever ravens are bad muzzle. Um, so you say this when you hear them call out or you see one fly by. 
or uh, I mean, again, this is similar to a lot of superstitions that we hear of. All these things that are nonsense that non-Jews do, a black cat crossing your path, things like that, um, could be problematic because of Darche Amori following the practices of non-Jews. Um, if they say you have to shech this chicken that um, crows at night, uh, what's a, a rooster, this rooster that crows at night, or Tarnagolish or Gavris, or a Tarnagolish, a chicken that sounds like a rooster, those are all problematic. It's a problem of Darkamori. If someone says, I will drink and leave over, I will drink and leave over, Rashi explains this is they would do that as good muzzle for their bracha to overflow, whatever. He says that sort of thing. That's Darkamori. If someone cracks eggs on the wall before the young chicks so that they grow well, that's a practice of Darkamori. If someone stirs a pot of food before young chicks so that they grow, that's also a problem of Darkamori. Similarly, if someone dances and counts 71 chicks, that's another practice. So that the chicks don't die, that's also a problem of Darchemori. If someone dances before their kutach so that it uh, matures well, kutach was a sort of aged dish, a dip that they used to make so that it comes out good and strong. You know, someone preparing their schug, they would uh, to dance before or something like that too, so that it comes out well. Or they silent people walking by when they're cooking lentils so that they cook properly. Or someone who shouts while they're making beans because that will make it come out well. All of those are dark practices. If a woman urinates before a pot, that it cooks quickly. Those are all um, those are all problems of However, you are allowed to put um, uh, chips of strawberry wood or pieces of glass into the pot so it cooks quickly. Uh, somehow that's more scientific. That makes maybe that's, that uh, affects the consistency or whatever to a degree that it will cook quick. The Chachamim say you're not allowed to put pieces of glass in your food. Not because of Darche Amori, but because it's dangerous. You might not get all the pieces out and then someone's going to swallow it. So, I mean, interesting enough, important to notice, we see the word Chachamim Oisrim. That doesn't say Chachamim say not a good idea. They say it's forbidden. And actually in Shulchan Aruch, there's a whole simon in Shulchan Aruch of things you're not allowed to do because they're dangerous. I mean, not all of them we're careful with, but like you've got to be careful about snake venom in water. You're not allowed to put coins in your mouth. You're not allowed to, um, and this would be another one, you're not allowed to put glass in your food so it cooks quick again because it's also it's forbidden because it's dangerous. The rabbis told, You're allowed to put a, a clump of salt into an oil candle so that it burns better. You're allowed to put a, um, plaster or earthenware under this candle so that it, ta- it burns slower and lasts for longer. Someone who covers Shraga the Mishra, an oil lamp, uncovers uh, a naft lamp, he transgresses Baltashris. This makes them burn unnecessarily fast, and therefore it's also because of 
Baal Tashchis. Omer Azucha, high minded Mirsi. Sorry, so, yeah, so it's issue of Baal Tashchis to make your things burn unnecessarily fast. That's wasteful. It's a negative commandment to waste in the Torah. However, someone who says wine and laugh for the mouth of the rabbis, that's not Darke Mori. This might be the source for saying Lechayim. Say Lechayim to someone is not a practice of Darke Mori. Rabbi Kiva made a wedding for his son. And every glass of wine they bring in, he would say Lechayim on it. To the, to the sages and their students. So that's not considered Darchemori. I imagine that would be considered a bracha to people. You know, so just as I mentioned regarding Baal Tashchis, it's, uh, it's, it's specific. Yeah, any wasteful behavior, any wasteful practices fall under Baal Tashchis. But again, that's where there's no reason. So generally taking something more valuable and using it for less valuable purpose could also be considered baltashchit, so using furniture as firewood. But the Gomorrah Baba Kama brings, however, if someone's sick and they need a fire, and they need firewood, well then it's not wasteful to use your furniture as firewood. Okay, so that's, I mean, those are just simply on baltashchit. The two interesting points I wanted to bring. So, I mean, we've seen some... Over the last two daf, today's daf and yesterday's daf, we've seen some crazy things which we said were refua and they were mutar, and we've seen some, in, I mean, in my mind, they're equally crazy that we said, no, they're actually darche moiri. They're bad practices. So what are the differences? So one we saw kind of from a bayan rover is that if it's for refua, then you're allowed to do it, which would be, I guess, yesterday and today's first half. And if it's for other reasons, these weird practices, for other reasons, um, superstitions to make uh, chicks grow better, to not die, to uh, make the pot cook, cook quicker or cook properly, um, that would be problematic and darche moiri. Another important point that the Marik brings on this, um, Marik was a Rishon, um, he says that when it's for a fuhr, then it's clear why you're doing it. You're not doing it to be like a non you're doing it to heal an illness. And that's why that's not a problem. Darche Moiri is a practice which makes you more like the non-Jews for no reason. Um, and therefore, um, and that's the issue here. Someone who wants to imitate, or it's like you're imitating, like you're copying the non-Jews just for their nonsense practices. And this it helps. I mean, there's a, it's a discussion in Ramor and the Rishonim and the Gros seems to argue. But they, the Ramor, at least following the Marik, seems to hold that any time there's a reason for what you're doing, there's no problem of Darche Moiri. The Marik was actually asked about, it sounds something along the lines of lab coats. There were these, I mean, this is already 600, about six, five, over 500 years ago, so I don't know if they had what was called lab coats, but some special jacket that professors used to wear. And he says that it's mutar because it's not for no reason. It's not a superstitious practice, a nonsense practice. It's based on the logic of giving respect or showing people this person's status in society so that they get the recognition and the respect that they deserve. So he says that's not Darche Moiri. And that would be also, you can't say non-Jews wear jerseys in winter, so it's a non-Jews practice to wear jerseys. No, there's a good reason why people wear jerseys, and therefore it's not Darche Moiri. It has to be almost seem to be with no reason. And the leniency comes in, and this again I mentioned is a complex discussion in the Rishonim and the Poskim, is when it is for a fuah, how do you define as something for a fuah? And 
that's a, that's a more tricky, but it seems the leniency of Darche Mori, when it does seem to be a little bit of a bizarre practice, is for when it's refuah. Um, I mentioned yesterday, and this I guess ties very close, oh, I didn't mention it yesterday, um, there's a discussion here whether these practices, these incantations, do they work at all? Are they anything, or are they total nonsense? So we know the famous... The famous position is brought from the Rambam, that the Rambam holds that demons and witchcraft and all this stuff is nonsense, and the main problem is that it leads to Avodah Zorah. It's Osur, often Osur Doraisa, but it's not real. There's no, there's no such thing as demons, no such thing as... Uh, as uh, sorry... Um, as this, this sort of incantations and spells and charms that people were doing. Um, and this is interesting where the, this discussion comes up in Shulchan Aruf. Um, let me just check out the right place. Yeah, um, it's discussing, it says here, Misha Noshka Akrov, if someone was bitten, this is Shulchan Aruf, Simon Kuf Ein Tess If Vov, it says Misha Noshka Akrov, someone who was bitten by a scorpion, Mutar Leloichesh Olov, someone's allowed to do a spell, an incantation on it, even on Shabbos, Shabbos the question is, you're not allowed to do refuah, but you're allowed, it says, even though it's totally ineffective, doesn't help at all, since he's dangerously ill, he's allowed to do it, so that it doesn't make him despair, doesn't get him all depressed, so you're allowed to do, um, and this, they kind of want to say, this is, so it helps, these incantations, and this would be why the Rambam allows it, is because it helps psychologically. It's like a placebo effect. Everyone knows that if you get bitten by a scorpion, you say these certain words and put, uh, I don't know, a locust egg by his stomach, by the wound, or whatever it, uh, whatever it is that they say you do. Since everyone thinks that it works, it has that psychological effect, and it does have a positive effect, and therefore you'll have to do it. But in reality, it does nothing. That's the Rambam's general approach to all the superstitions, demons and stuff. Um, the Vilna go on over here in Seif Katan Yud Gimel very interestingly says he says this is based on the Rambam and he brings the source where the Rambam sings. He says everyone who followed after, everyone who came after the Rambam argues on him. We find many incantations said in the Gemara. But who says, oh, so where did the Rambam go wrong that he says there's no such thing? When we find throughout Chas, it discusses spells and superstitions and incantations and things like that. So he says, no, who philosophia? He was too drawn after philosophy. Maybe we'd say rationalism. He says, and therefore he wrote, witchcraft and uh, using names of Hashem's or names of demons and uh, incantations, v'shedim, demons. The Camillos and amulets are called who sheker is all nonsense. Avalkvar, that's the what the Ram says. Avalkvar hoichu oisa al kadkado shaharei motzinu harbe maisios begemora af al pi al pi shemos ukshofim. We see many cases in the Gemara where um, sorry he was he, he's already been hit in his head for this because we find many cases in the Gemara where it discusses. Um, use of names of Hashem and witchcraft, etc. And he brings a few examples throughout Shas. And he says, Yeah, he says, 
ברוב לא כל הפורש הגמור הכל בדרך הלצור ולעקור אוסם מפשטום says the philosophy caused him to stray that every gemara has to be explained as a metaphor or a parable and ignore the simple explanation to say such a thing you have to take it at face value and obviously it has depth the, the, the girl saying don't read it on the surface and think that's it don't start to joke about it because it seems silly it says it has premiums it has depth and deep reasons, things behind it. But he says, Lo philosophia. Not the ones of philosophy. Shahim chitsonius, that's actually external, external and superficial. Except those of the truth. Um, I sikhli, uh, uh, godly intellect is, would be the approach to the depth. So that's a very interesting machlokes rambam, and we can call it a machlokes rambam, and grow um, someone who referred to as the rational versus myst- uh, rationalist versus mysticism. Um, but it comes out, um, yeah, a big dis. And again, that's another big discussion. Someone who dis. So that's, uh, um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, another just one final interesting point on that is the. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot more to discuss on this topic, but someone who actually say. Whenever the Gomorrah is speaking about demons, it's how they described the natural phenomena that they didn't really understand. Like we know there's things like bacteria and mental illnesses like melancholy and depression that can make a person, um, what's it, hallucinate, uh, see vision, uh, see things in a totally skewed light and stuff. So someone who say that's how they would explain all these Gomorrahs according to the Rambam. The Vulgon, as we saw, would be very against explaining these Gomorrahs on, the, on that, to rationalize these Gomorrahs. But uh, that in itself is a whole interesting discussion. I think let's leave it here for today. Hadron Allah, Bame Isha, Hadron Allah, Bame Isha, Hadron Allah, Bame Isha.